0: all right we are live Um, live 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 thanks dan for being here today um i know i've talked about this in the past but you were definitely one of my inspirations and you i watched all your videos pretty much when i first got in the industry so it's really awesome to have you here and now we're doing content together uh we've done this before you know i guess for the past few years but it's always awesome to suit to do that so i really appreciate the first time. time
1: Thank you for that, man. It's the first time on your channel, I think we're going live.
0: Yeah, first time on my channel. I just started doing these lives uh, a few weeks ago, and people come in and really enjoy asking questions. So I've enjoyed doing it. Um, so yeah, and yeah thank, here we you, are today. thank you,
1: ECRG. It's always tough for me to not say your name, but I will do my <laughs> best with ECRG, especially on live. You got to watch it. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, I got to give you props, man. Like, you were the, you know, when I when I started, there was only like Johnson and Johnson doing like YouTube channel and they were trying to do research. They, they've given up, Ikevia, um, you know, some of these big organizations were trying to do videos, but they were so boring. And so when I started in 2010, you know, I was by myself for like a long time and you were the first channel that came out that really like, because I'm competitive. So when I first saw you, I was like, ah, oh, like, all right, it's on now, you know, it's competition. Like finally somebody comes. So you like inspire me to do like two a day for a while. I was like, no way somebody's gonna come and like make more videos than me. But then I got <laughs> to I got to know you and you were cool. I was like, ah, oh, dude, ECRG is not a, uh, not competition. You know, we can just ally and, there's a huge market, especially what you were doing with job reviews and company reviews and and some of the more like nuanced things of what c r a s do like there's a there's a huge potential for that type of content, so yeah, I gotta give you props man you you motivated me when like I kind of hit a wall, like let's just get complacent and do one a day or one every other day then you came out, and I was like, oh no, I gotta do like two a day now,
0: yeah well yeah i definitely appreciate that and you know all these years later we're still here so, still
1: here we still haven't awesome. met in person yet but eventually we will um but yeah man it's been a good having you on my show and it's been great coming on yours as well and just keep doing your thing because you're really the only one that's consistent um besides yeah you me.
0: see you see these other people come up i don't know what it is um <laughs> you know they, they make a few videos and then they just stop um yeah. so. I think life gets
1: in the way a lot of people have unrealistic expectations like you you know the reality is not your life's not going to change in like a month even a year of making YouTube videos but eventually it does change like drastically but that first year it's like starting a site you know that that first year you're you're not making any money it's like Starting a YouTube channel, I mean it's basically the same thing that's the real barrier to entry is people's impatience,
0: yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is, and it's hard to see those you know zero view or like five view videos and it's like, why am I even doing this but I mean that's like every video for like the first you know half a year
1: <laughs> was, I know no, man no views I know, but the more content we could get, the better, even if people would just post once a month, I mean it's fine, we need more content,
0: so um amanda jeff says vyn fyi i don't know what that means do you know what that means does that mean the At- volume is the volume, right. volume down vin
1: i don't know what vin means yeah vin so amanda, if, you, if you could clarify what you
0: mean I hope, the, I hope the volume's good i mean we only got one person listening right now um, are you
1: suggesting i take finance amanda is that for my
0: <laughs> for my adhd uh so yeah some clarification would be great <laughs> there um, but Dan you brought up something interesting that I want to touch on um I kind of lost my train of thought but uh we'll go ahead into this so clinical research so how is clinical research going for you in Arizona right now
1: um in many ways it's going good the short answer is good in many ways um I thought it would be harder and in many ways I thought it would be easier at the same time like the both of those things happening simultaneously so getting the studies has been relatively easy um i have three studies now and i have two pis so i have uh, an internal medicine doctor who is super nice very nice people they let me use like a portion of their office they already have all the infrastructure i didn't even need to like spend money on anything, really, other than a few specialty equipments. Um, harder in the sense of finding and training staff because this in this city, there is no infrastructure for research, so there's nobody. I'm, I have to find medical assistants and train them to be coordinators. And right now, I'm interviewing my first one uh, on Friday and hopefully she's good like there's only been three that applied and she's the only one that looks good on paper and so i'm hoping she has potential so in that regard i have to be like a salesperson like i i never had to do that in my career um i i'm used to being a salesperson to get studies i'm used to being a salesperson for doctors you know hey join help me do research with me but I have to be a salesperson on recruiting staff right now. I think it has a lot to do with the labor shortage and mm-hmm. just at the price point of, of what a MA goes for. I mean, we're paying more than what the average is here in town for an MA. So I think we're getting more response than others because research you, in research, you could afford more, but it's more like the person, the kind of person I need. It can't just be any MA. I don't need you to just draw blood. You know, I need you to want to learn, like I'm going to give her this book I'm going to say, look, I need you to learn and get excited about this because you need to see that there's a career, if you like research in this space, that's, takes you, that could take you way farther than just MA. And so that's that's been the challenge for me. And then doing the studies, the, the studies are like really complex, i.e. criteria. So yesterday I spent four hours, four hours, ECRG, pre-screening a patient four hours pre-screening a patient he's got extensive medical records and then i had to like line by line go through every ie criteria to make sure that he he qualifies and basically he does due to some vagueness of the protocol
0: so um obviously you're the site owner as well um and you're the main study coordinator it sounds like as well so so what kind of hats are you wearing for those that don't know about uh your study operation in Arizona. All of them, man.
1: PI recruiter, patient recruiter. Um, I've, I've been really fortunate. The doctor I work with has tons of patients, and they gave me access to their database, and their database is super intimidating. I mean, I pulled up like we have a study for psoriasis, so there's no way to search for psoriasis in their database, so I had to pull up through their biller. I had to pull up the billing code for that diagnosis and all related diagnoses because sometimes people are misdiagnosed. Mm -hmm. So I had to pull up those billing records. And now I have like hundreds of patients that I got to go through. Some of them haven't been seen by the doctor in months, others in years, others are active. So it's like it's looking for a needle in a haystack. And that's before you even decide to call them and say, hey, do you want to join the study like that? We have a study going on. So I had to wear like basically every hat, but it's it's really good uh, because it's going to help me train people. So our first real employee is a CRC Academy intern. She lives in Missouri, and she's working remotely for us, managing our e-reg. And she's been super helpful. Uh, she probably is more familiar with Creo than I am. That's our e-source and e-reg platform. Okay. But other than that, and I've even had to learn a, a lot of that, but she's – she's been taking care of that but on the like site side like biz dev and then the actual operations of seeing patients scheduling patients paying patients getting the studies finding more doctors that's all been to me so that's why i need to hire the ma because as patient visits start occurring you know i just there's no way i can do that and do all the other stuff at the same time even though right now i am and that's just this business i i have the cra academy crc academy Consulting services. Our CRO is starting to get more like requests for proposals, which some of them I don't even want. But Chris and them are convincing me to let's like let's do it. So it's a lot the industry's busy. The industry's trying to do more with less. And I could definitely feel that. And I'm sure you can too. Yep.
0: Um, so right now we've got three people in the chat. Guys, go ahead and drop your questions in the chat let's for go, Dan guys. and myself um i will be asking questions of him in the meantime but if you have any questions uh, that you would like myself and dan to take a stab at go ahead and drop those in the chat uh now we're at four people so getting stronger getting stronger dan
1: that's good that's good that's how these live streams are you know the longer you stay on the more people come on and by the time you want to leave the that's when you have like
0: your max audience exactly (laughs) so yeah we've got about an hour today so Go ahead, guys, and drop your questions in the chat if you have any. Um, all right. So, Dan, you talked about the academies. I remember you started the, was it the C, the CRA Academy was first, and yeah. then it was the Study Coordinators Academy or something, and then the site That's owners? Right. That's right. So are you still doing all three of those academies? Could you tell us a little bit about yes. what those are?
1: Sure. Yeah, CRA Academy still going strong, man. We're actually telling students, no, you have to wait for the next class. We're pretty strict on the 15 to 20 students a quarter for okay. the CRA Academy. And that's only because, well, until this year, we had, you met Casey via email. Yes. She's been a huge asset. So she's scheduling all my calls, all this stuff. But she's also um, taking care of the interns because <laughs> she's a she's been a coordinator for 10, for 10 years. And she's also done some CRA work with us. So she is the one doing all the IMV reports, when our when our interns do IMV reports on this real breast cancer study we have. We have a real breast cancer study that my CRO got. It's an investigator-initiated trial. But it's like a serious thing. I mean, before you can even uh, be allowed to to remote monitor the study, you gotta pass the class. It's a three-month class. And we always have one or two people that don't pass, uh, usually because they didn't put enough effort into it. but we're pretty strict so by the time they get in now it's a whole no, it's almost like a whole nother academy because now it's the internship and people do that usually 1 to 3 months some of them a lot longer we help with the resumes but yeah we've been limiting that to like 15 to 20 this quarter just started week 2 we have 17 and wow. i've had i had two more people yesterday saying hey i, w- I want to learn more and i said well Here's the info, but we, our next class doesn't start till June. So if I wanted to monetize that more, I could. But it's I know the back end is going to be way more work than we want. And we got to be mindful of how many students we have and what kind of candidate we're putting out there in the, in the market. And we feel we can only do a good job with about 15 to 20 and um CRC academy similar although that one has no limit because monica's handling that um <laughs> usually usually okay. we get like cuz she doesn't do it every quarter she does it like every 2 months a new class oh wow so we usually get like 10 maybe per class some classes more some classes a little less but 10 per class we're trying to find a way to marry the two internships so what Monica does in CRC Academy, she has some uh, mock studies she made. So she makes the students do like startup regulatory. Like, hey, you're at the site, you get a new study. I'm sending you the startup regulatory packet. It's your job to complete this stuff. And we're trying to find a way to marry the CRA interns so they can monitor that stuff with the CRC interns. Yeah. yeah. But the CRA interns are doing like a real study so it would only be for people who feel like they want more to do that um and we have a good relationship with uh, mount sinai for example in in new york city in manhattan i know okay so i know the director there michelle Cohn. she's in one of the departments um she was doing COVID, but now she's doing gi and different kind of indications so she basically said, "Any tri state area students you have, we will take them as interns, like guaranteed, so oh, we really? have a, yeah, yeah that's so yes, and because of that, we've been focusing our Facebook advertising for the c r c academy and c r a primarily in the tri state area, and that's been doing good so and then the p i academy um the site owner academy has been rebranded to the Clinical Research Clinicians Academy because we found that the people that really want to do that are clinicians. So we've had a lot of people say they're interested in being a site owner that are not clinicians, but then they don't end up doing it. But the clinicians are always like seem to be at least on average closer to taking action. So we branded that for clinical research clinicians. so if you're an NP, a PA, an MD and want to start your own site, you can do it. If you're not one of those, you can still do it. It's just it's not branded for you, but the material is basically the same thing. Uh, we just revamped it a little bit uh, and then we have a few other academies coming out too. We have um I don't know if I want to announce them yet because we're still finalizing it, but they're coming soon. Oh wow. wow so you're you're basically attacking
0: all uh indus- parts of the industry and gonna have an academy for each one
1: yeah whatever makes sense like there's a few based on people i've interviewed honestly on the podcast um where i was like after the interview i'm like you know what this would make a great academy like <laughs> so we have we have like three solid ones coming one got cold feet because of her employer. Like there's something in the contract where she may not be allowed to do that. Um, So yeah, I'm not ready to talk about that yet because uh, it hasn't happened, but eventually, eventually. So so when are we
0: looking forward to those coming out?
1: The next one, hopefully April or May. I think that one's almost ready. That one almost might be ready for me to talk about. The Clinicians Academy, we're going to have our first class in uh, March. So that one, I am ready to talk about. We have a few people. Interestingly enough, we've had sponsors interested in that. Big sponsors saying, "Hey, we have research naive doctors who have patients from a diversity standpoint. They have a lot of patients, like minority patients, but they're research naive. But they want to do research. Let's can we buy like five spots? And so we do like a like a group discount for them. So that's gonna be our first class in March." Um, for the Clinicians Academy, which is basically a site owner Academy. And how long, how
0: long is that academy? Cause that's very interesting. That's a,
1: that's a five week. That's our shortest course. Our other courses are three months. That's a five week because the clinicians, they just want to get on with it. They don't want to be in a three month. They've been to med school. They, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they've been in nursing school. They're exactly. over it. So they just want like quick. So that's a, that's a five week course. Uh, so we're cramming like basically two weeks of material into one week. Um, so that'll be, that'll be cool. Like we we'll get to put some clinicians out there. I don't expect as many students for that one, but that price of that one's a lot higher.
0: Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, that's amazing, Dan. That's That's really cool to see all those academies come to fruition and the more stuff you're working on. Thank you. Um, I got
1: to give Monica a shout out because she's the one I didn't want to do anything outside of CRA Academy. And she's the one who said, well, let's do CRC. And I'm like, well, yeah, but that's going to take away students from CRA, which it hasn't, by the way. And then now she's like caught the bug, like, let's just do all these academies. So she's really the one running like these new academies Mm -hmm. and uh, making collaborations with the what we call them like the content providers or the the teachers basically like because some of these areas we have no ex- expertise at all so we have to partner with someone who does we have expertise on the marketing on selling how to organize it all and then after the course like how to build your resume and get you on a LinkedIn audit and all that stuff. But like we obviously can't teach things we don't know about. So we depend on others now outside of our core competencies to collaborate with us.
0: OK, guys, we've got six people in the chat right now uh, or lives watching us live right now. Go ahead and drop your questions in the chat for myself and Dan to take a look at. Um, Dan, my next question for you is so you, you mentioned Monica. Does she still do study coordinator work for some of your other trials or she's changed roles in your company? She
1: does do study coordinator work, not for... So we had to shut down one of my sites. We had to shut down two of my sites in California last year. We still have the big one, the San Bernardino one. That's where the interns used to come to. But at one of my sites, the subai who was the owner, he was a PA. Um, rest in peace, Frankie Miller, he passed away. Oh, so man. we had, to, we had to shut that down because he was the backbone of that, of that site. I mean, he like, without him, we couldn't do it. And we did, we still had our PI, but she also got diagnosed with breast cancer at the same time. Oh my so, goodness. <laughs> Yeah, there was like no way that could continue. And we weren't going to be able to find the new PI in time. So we had to shut that one down. And then the other one shut down because we can never get patients. And, you know, so Monica's working at another site. Her husband actually uh, started a site in L.A. So she's helping him out. She's not coordinating anymore, but she's training coordinators. And then she floats also between the other site in San Bernardino, helping there with BizDev. Um, And then she's basically full-time on the academies like that's what her focus full-time academies and latinos in clinical research okay
0: all right um so that's very interesting and then she started with you as what just a study coordinator many years ago recruiter patient recruiter all right so t- tell us uh, tell us about that tell us about how she started and how she came up with you what all you right see? so this this
1: uh, the site that we shut down not the one that we shut down because of illness and death unfortunately the one we shut down because of lack of patients. We partnered with, this was like, this is such a good lesson for people. This was the partnership made in heaven. We had We had money, like we had a very rich dude financing everything. He has owned the hospital. I've known him for like two decades. So he was willing to finance a small site. We had the PI who's a key opinion leader in psychiatry with his own private practice he had such a big private practice he had like 10 providers working under him so he joined us we had another pi who joined us that was a business partner with the key opinion leader they had a falling out like right after we started the research they had a falling out that was like preview of bad things to come because it turns out everybody was relying on that guy to be the workhorse pi because the key opinion leader didn't really want to do that. He's, he never wanted to do it, but he's like, I'll do it. If this guy does it. Mm -hmm. And so then they had a falling out because those two guys both have big egos and they both had big ambitions and nobody wanted to be number two. It was like Kobe and Shaq, right? Right. It was like these two guys are like Kobe and Shaq. So first (laughs) I part, I partner with Shaq. All right. And Shaq is like, well, you know, I don't actually want to do the work, so, like, we're going to bring in Kobe. And then this guy came in, and he's like, well, I could I could carry the team on my own. I don't need you guys. So he eventually left. On paper, this was, like, the best site. It was going to be the best site ever, and we were not able to get any patients, man. We, There was no buy-in from the private practice to give us studies, even though we were in the same building. All right, we wow. were, like, we were renting – We were overpaying on rent on purpose to keep the practice happy. Mm -hmm. Like the realtor tried to sell me on, this is a class A building. I'm like, dude, don't tell me this is class A. Tell me the truth that we're overpaying and we don't mind because we want to keep the PI happy. Like, tell me that. Don't tell me like, I'm not, I'm not stupid, man. This is not class A. (laughs) So it started like that, that was like the relationship where we're like, we'll pay because we get access to like 10,000 patients, this and that. Well, it turns out the doctor's private practice was his cash cow, right? Uh So he, and he's dependent on the providers working under him to do his work because he's KOL. He doesn't want to actually do it. Right. So when it comes to, Hey doctor, like we need some, some referrals. He's always like, well, go talk to them, you know, go do a lunch and learn. So I do a lunch and learn, it's almost like pulling teeth. Uh-huh. They don't wanna do it. They don't wanna change their their process. They're like a patient mill. They're making tons of money on the private practice side. So nobody wants to like tweak the system so that we get patients. So we had to find our own patients. It's It was embarrassing because we had competitors, competing research clinics coming in doing lunch and learns with our own private practice and getting more referrals than we were. Wow. And so that's when Monica came in and we're like, we got to change this. Like you're going to be full time. But by that time it was too late. And basically um, it went on for five years, five, no, it went on for like seven years. (gasps) This tells seven years of breaking even, man, right? So wow. you're you're not you're not losing money, but you're not really making money either. So you're just kind of in this like purgatory, like you're just chilling, right? There's nothing going on. So we just had to pull the plug last year. We're like this is not going to continue. But that shows you like just having a few studies can sustain you for 7 years.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean,
1: that I wasn't taking a salary, but we were using it like as a playground for our interns. There was a lot of ancillary benefits we were getting out of it, mm-hmm. but it's not something I wanted to be involved with anymore. I mean, I don't want to waste my time, you know, and that was like something that looked good on paper and just never worked out in real life.
0: Okay. Um, okay. That's interesting. So uh, Tatiana says her doctors are the same way, I guess, with not wanting to <laughs> refer patients she's referring to. Probably or not wanting to work. Like
1: a, P- a physician can be too big to where they they lose their benefit to a small research site. Um, you almost want like that Goldilocks zone for a PI. The, this is a, by the way, that story I just said is a completely different scenario than what I'm currently doing in Yuma. It's like the complete opposite other than the big practice. There's a huge practice, but the PI is very much on board. And they're sending me more patients than I want, honestly, because I, I don't have a staff. So I, I'm like, <laughs> I have to spend four hours doing a pre-screening. They're sending me like three
0: more. Well, of course, um, the more patients you get, the more money you guys make, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> And that, that's the way it should be.
1: But I guess the biggest difference is my PI, his practice here is internal medicine. So it's different than psych, mm-hmm. but they probably have the same size of operations. Like he also has like nine providers working under him. The difference is he's not trying to be a key opinion leader. This guy's super humble. He's trying to eventually retire from private practice. And he sees research as perfect like segue to retiring, but still keeping the practice going. Unlike the other guy who I partner with, who was like young and ambitious and research was just one of many things he was doing and he's not gonna go out of his way to make it a success. And I mean, a lot of it's like my fault for not putting more time into it, but I was also building these other businesses that we discussed, CRA Academy and all the consulting. So. I was kinda like him too. Like I was like a mini key opinion leader. Like I don't wanna actually do the work either.
0: Right. Right. Um, well yeah, now you now you got your hands dirty, so <laughs> now I'm
1: doing the work, man. Like <laughs> there's no way around that. There's nothing there's wrong no with options.
0: That. Nope. You know, sometimes sometimes people can get so high in the clouds and like forget what it's like to actually do the work. So I think that's good. Actually, I know, man. Get down and get your hands dirty from time to time
1: humility. It's been great. Honestly, it's been great. Like if I didn't have all the other stuff we discussed, like our consulting where we help sites get studies, the CRO stuff, the academies, I would just do this like constantly, like, and then hire maybe just a few less people, but I would, I would be doing this. It's good work. Like it's not difficult. I mean, it's difficult when I have other things going on, but it's not difficult. Like if that was just my only focus,
0: right but you've got like 10 things going on plus youtube plus aren't you still a
1: cra part-time too no no thankfully that ended (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) but but the study ended but uh with these new cro projects i might have to be again but thankfully now we have like casey and other people who can actually monitor so it will it won't be
0: as bad okay um all right so we got our first question of the live um, just asks, I'm gonna actually put it up here on the screen. Just so asks, salary expectations. I am with a mid CRO, three years monitoring experience, now senior CRA, making 110,000 in northeast Florida. Is this good? And how can I increase salary to 130 to 140 K without CRO hopping? Uh, Dan, what do you think about that? Uh, I think CRO
1: hopping is a strategy for a reason. Um, however, I think you just need to have these conversations with the people in charge. Like and if they really need you, what's an extra twenty K a year? Are you kidding me? Like an extra twenty to thirty K a year for a mid sized CRO is like me paying an extra hundred dollars a year to somebody for my site. Right. Like it's meaningless. But, I give a hundred bucks to patients just to like pre-screen sometimes, So it's meaningless. You have to have these conversations, the, and you have to audit yourself because if you're not worth that extra 20 K, that's a, that's something you gotta like be honest with yourself about. But if you are like, if you're somebody that company cannot afford to lose, they're going to pay you 140 K they'll pay you more than that. But if you're someone that's just another employee, I mean that's CRO hopping is the way to go
0: yeah i would agree uh the only thing dan with that is a lot of times in this industry even they they're willing to pay someone they don't know who comes in for the interview you know top top dollar for that position rather than give that money to someone that's been working there for years who they know the quality of the work even if they're a great employee mm. um you see this time and time again the the only way to really get them to do it is if you come with other offers and then maybe they try and um keep you yeah Uh, but I've seen it time and time again where they don't make offers to keep you um you you go to another company they pay you the 130k 140k that you want with a sign-on bonus and all that stuff and you know that just kind of is what it is maybe the
1: midsize CRO is too big then I'm I would say like Cause yeah, you're probably right in that regard. Like for sure. The large CROs, there are no indispensable employees at the CRA level. The yeah. indispensable employees are like key executives at the midsize CRO. They start getting into like clinical trial managers are indispensable. I think at the small CROs, and if you go to like a small sponsor, I think you can become indispensable. Um, and then progress your career that way to where, you become like an executive or something. That's why I always say small is the new big with all these opportunities, like the quickest way to take advantage of that opportunity is to work at a smaller company. And it's a little bit riskier because they're not as known and who knows how stable they are, but I mean, you can always go get another job.
0: Absolutely. And I think, um, your question of going from 110 to 130, 140 actually makes sense. Some people ask me about going from like, let's just say 110 to 115. That doesn't really make much sense to jump for only 5K or even really 10K difference, uh, just because you don't know what you're gonna get. Um, right. you, you don't know how busy they're gonna be working you or how hard they're gonna be working you, but you do know how hard you are working now. Um, like for example, I'm in a position right now where I thought about um, you know other opportunities, but my workload is so low right now like, like solo, <laughs> like okay, sometimes, yeah. sometimes zero hours in a day. Um, so That's it's like, awesome. do, I, do I really want to give that up to, to make more, yeah, shall I make more money right now? But do I really want to give that up where they could be working me, you know, I could be working eight, 10, 12 hours a day. Uh, so it just, it just kind of depends on, you know, timing of everything and, and what exactly you're looking for. Um, but Joe Stad, so I would also make another recommendation is to take a look at uh, pharma and working directly for the sponsor not through a CRO uh, because they do pay very well in the range that you're asking for as well as they don't beat you into the ground like the CROs um you know I work for pharma and we did it I did an interview last week with uh my friend T so go check that one out that was a live stream We were on for an hour he also works for a pharma company as well we both can attest to uh how much better they treat you at pharma company i mean his company gives him his own car they get they give him a car a company car to drive around with um that he can use for both personal and business so i mean you don't really hear too often so that's a pretty good perk that's Um, awesome yeah so there's definitely a lot more opportunities out there than just working for a cro
1: that's cool yeah i really i missed that part that i think that was the live stream i joined at the end
0: yeah you did you showed love at the end and i appreciate you coming on (laughs)
1: Well, that's uh, cool i didn't hear about that wow that like deserves its own video
0: <laughs> yeah i've interviewed him before and um yes yeah, it's, it's awesome so yeah there's d- all these different perks out there now of course he doesn't fly a lot um so some cras love flying i'm one that loves flying um mm. but i mean if you, if you have a family and stuff and want to stay more local that's a good option yep um okay so good question there guys we have seven people live stream uh, in the live stream right now. So we are cooking right now. Drop your (laughs) questions in the chat below if you have questions for myself and Dan. Uh, Go ahead and drop them down below. Uh, So my next question for you, Dan, is, um, so we have, so I would say that the pandemic is definitely on the downswing. Probably, (laughs) it's it's not gonna, you know, it's hard to say, of course, but um, I think it's definitely on the downswing. Um, Yeah. I think people are definitely, you know, kind of tired of it and, you know, whether it's going down or not, they're just kind of over it and done with it. Well, especially um,
1: with the late recent events, you know, I mean, it's almost like you can draw the line in the sand and say, the pandemic ended yesterday and you know, we're in the new, a new era now with war. True. So you can see the media, the narrative, everything is shifting. doesn't mean the pandemic's actually gone. It just, the focus is not going to be on that anymore.
0: Right. I agree. So my question before we get to the war part is, um, do you see any differences in the, in the industry now that, you know, it's, it's over or quote unquote over versus, uh, you know, when we were in the midst of it?
1: No, there's been such a backlog of non-COVID studies that were on hold mm-hmm. in uh, last year and certainly in 2020 that i mean they're all getting started now like there's i've never seen the industry busier i know i say that every year for the last two years but it continues to be true like this year is insanely busy and you still see COVID studies and you still see like uh pills being made and and like covet diagnostic there's still plenty of covet stuff happening it's not like the vaccines we rolled out are that good i mean i'm not trying to get controversial but you know the efficacy is questionable after like 12 weeks you can't just keep giving people boosters every 12 weeks because we don't know what that's actually going to do to your natural immune system Uh, that's a whole another podcast but no the industry is uh busier than it's ever been and it doesn't really even need COVID anymore
0: right right yeah i remember during. In the middle of it, yeah, all of my sites were, well, most of my sites were doing COVID studies. Um, You know, I do pulmonary studies a lot of the time. Um, So a lot of them were doing COVID studies anyway. Um, And yeah, the main studies did get on the back burner. Yeah. um,
1: (laughs) And they're all getting released now. On my new study, we had, we just had the SSV and we got awarded the study. So that's my third study. Um, They made us sign like a COVID sheet where it says do we believe COVID will impact our enrollment? I don't know why they even want that, and I don't know how they think we're able to answer that. But clearly, the answer is no so far, unless a variant comes out that's like Ebola, you know. And I mean, then we got to sign a different form. But for right now, I think COVID. You know, there's still people dying, lots of people dying every day. It's super, like it's it's terrible what's happening. But I don't think you could really blame any group or any any side like like we're hearing and i don't think you can predict what's going to happen as far as another pandemic based on covid uh so that's a whole that's like a lot of uh we can go on a lot of tangents with that but if you take COVID out of the picture there's a lot of work a lot of pent-up demand and now sponsors are thinking they're confident to do the studies and traditional monitoring right not remote and traditional patient visits not not decentralized visits
0: right so um how, how are your sites the sites that you're personally involved with and i guess that you consult with on the side um i know you mentioned e-source um e that that you have at your site you know that's pretty advanced most of my sites don't have they definitely don't have e-source and i would say maybe Maybe twenty-five percent of them have some kind of e-regulatory, and it's not for all the documents. Only it's only for a portion of the documents. So, yeah. so how are your sites um, kind of, you know, for on the forefront of that, and yeah, what are you guys doing? I mean, the site I was talking to you about
1: earlier about how it was perfect site on paper, and uh, it just didn't work out. It basically became like a playground for us to do other things. So one of the things we did was implement, because if you're breaking even, I mean, you might as well learn something about, you know, new strategies. So one of the things we did was implemented eSource. We implemented Creo at the site. So I really liked it and it made it easier for me when I moved here, it was without a doubt, like I'm gonna start from study number one with eSource and eReg because the longer you go, the longer you put it off, the scarier it becomes to switch. And True. I think a lot of the sites that have a lot of studies, it's scary, like they don't wanna make the jump. I'm telling you, like I'm still learning it, but it's very difficult to make mistakes, at least so far. Let's see, maybe maybe I'll make major mistakes. <laughs> it's very difficult because the way you build the e-source, it's like everything is streamlined. So it tells you what to do it's basically like they do the headers for you, the signatures are done, the initials you do, whoever does it, they can just log in. I think it's awesome, like, but I understand that for somebody who has never used eSource and they have like 12 studies and they're making really good money, why change something that works? And I get it, but the thing is, the see increased efficiencies because of it. And here's one. My employee in Missouri, who I've never met, she's an intern from the CRC Academy. Mm-hmm. She's doing my e but she's also delegated to do EDC. And she can do it because we use eSource, So she could see our source and enter the data.
0: Wow. So you don't so even have I to be there. I haven't I have been doing EDC. Yeah.
1: I've been checking her EDC to make sure it's good. And I've been answering queries. But ultimately, I'll teach her how to answer queries too. Okay,
0: so let me ask this. Is your e-source is it like um is it like you really do it on paper and then you scan it into the system or is it like you build everything out electronically? Everything's
1: built in. Everything's built in. However, if you want like let's say your doctor's like pissed, like he does not work his phone that day, he can just write a progress note and then we can scan it and upload it. But it's meant to be used like completely digital. Maybe labs Labs, you have to like download the email attachment and then upload it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then informed consents, those are not digital, those are paper. So, I do, I still have small binders, but they like could I, be, they, they could be. They yeah, be like yeah. It's just, I don't think Creo supports it yet. There's separate, separate vendors, and I don't want another vendor for that. But just the e source alone, eventually, Creo is going to roll that into it also. But just the e source alone has been really awesome man and I'm not gonna lie it is scary because I'm not used to it either but you just get used to it like use it a few times and it you'll see like it's not gonna end your business
0: right and, I mean and in fact it's just supposed to improve it
1: it is supposed to like who wants to do headers you know who has time for that like even full-time coordinator who do nothing else don't have time to do headers so mm-hmm. Like, how am I gonna get time to do that? <laughs> There's no way. Okay, my next
0: my next question is, and guys, we have six people in the live right now, so go ahead and ask your questions. Drop them down below in the chat. Uh, we've got one good question so far, so don't be afraid. We will not bite. Um, my next question is, so with if e-source e-reg becomes the norm, I could see. Yeah. The e-regulatory documents being automatically transferred into the cro's tmf or um into the sponsor's files automatically right same thing with the source that could be sdv automatically by the computer um what's the need for cras
1: i think it's the sdr source data review right and the Proactive um, aspect of avoiding disasters. So those things, algorithms can't do that yet. Either of those functions, they can't. They can't even do, from what I understand, they can't even do SDV yet by themselves. Uh, but that's. Let's just say, for sake of argument, that SDV will be completely automated in five years. Well. You still have SDR, you still have deviations. How do we know? I tell people all the time in the videos, just because you do SDV, doesn't mean you know the site's following the protocol. How do you know? How do you know that this medication, medication number four on 30 meds that they're taking is not exclusionary? Like who's gonna know that? The EDCs are not smart enough to flag those things yet. Um, And neither are algorithms, so it relies on CRAs deep deep understanding of the protocol the CRAs almost have to know the protocol better than the sites true Uh, I mean you could argue that because they're the last line of defense before the FDA so oftentimes the sites don't know (laughs) oftentimes the sites don't understand the protocol and the CRA has to retrain them and this stuff happens all the time they don't talk about it um the, this industry's push towards automating everything. It's great, but I don't see it as, as realistic. Like it's, when is SDR, how is an algorithm going to know the protocol and the nuances of each patient better than a CRA? I mean, even on a simple study, They are not
0: there, they can't yet. Um, but even if, even if they did, I would say, and you know, I really get this working, uh, directly for a sponsor is having the good relationships with the sites. So that's part of, I would say uh, CRA's job as well is having good relationships with the PI and the site staff and just maintain that relationship. And it's a lot harder to do remotely. It's easier to do in person. I think that's definitely a big positive with the huge. traditional in-person monitoring and that can't be understated.
1: It's huge, Like call it being able to call your CRA and say, Hey, I have you know, with the study I'm doing, the, there's been a lot of CRA turnover. So I've been basically using the medical monitor, uh, as my daily communication when I have questions, but mm-hmm. ideally that's, that's a CRA that you're talking to and you can't do that with the algorithm. Uh, who's going to reply back. It's like calling, uh, your credit card company and pushing zero until you get a person because you don't want the automated system.
0: Right. Right. That's facts. Um, so we do have a couple comments here we're going to discuss so guys you better drop your comments now because dan's got maybe 10 more minutes with us uh, before he's got to go back to do what he's got to do um, so you better drop your questions now um humane says much better than Glassdoor. please take advantage of my fellow clinical research folks of the link um, what are your see-
1: thoughts on Glassdoor? because i i get why people like it but and I i haven't used it that often but something about those anonymous reviews is like, doesn't sit well with me.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I don't have a company that can be reviewed on Glassdoor. So I don't know it from that perspective, but as far as like, you know, looking at a company, seeing what the salaries are, um, getting some of the comments at least. I mean, you know, for these big companies, they have hundreds if not thousands of, of comments and reviews. So I think it's definitely good to get an overview. And it's just one right. of your tools in your tool belt as an applicant, you know, you don't have to take everything you know, as word, <laughs> but yeah, you know, you can get, you get something, you get something from it.
1: You get a sense maybe of the culture, even like a, like a vague sense
0: of what yeah. the culture might be like. It's not better than talking to people that actually work there, but you know, you no. get something
1: <laughs> Not better than LinkedIn.
0: No, 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 no. But I mean, I don't, does LinkedIn have the salary information?
1: No, but they have like people. So I always tell them like, if you want to be a like in-house CRA, for example, go find in-house CRAs on LinkedIn and just talk to them from all kinds of companies.
0: Right, 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 right. I mean, you're going to have to be aggressive in this industry as well in any way. So you might as well uh, do that. Yeah. So. um, Yeah. Next question we have here from Matt Torres is, do you have any CRA CRC interns near Fort Worth, Texas?
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure we do. That's a big market for us, Matt. So if you want, um, us to send you some, I know like it's hard to get coordinators now. So, um, I wish we had in Yuma cause I'd be taking them, but yeah, <laughs> we do. That's a big market for us. So if, if you email me, Matt, um, or just find me on any social network, I could put you in touch with Monica.
0: Okay. Go ahead and do that, Matt. Thanks for your comment uh matt also responds to jostana saying depending on how much life you're okay with sacrificing you can make more than 250k as a contract cra um i'm sure he is talking to taking on multiple contracts at a time (laughs) um yeah Yeah. so a friend who
1: did that (laughs) i had a friend who did that she bought um and and she was in la and that's like a huge there's a huge shortage of CRAs in LA, in, in Southern California. Wow. So she took on like three contracts. This was in 2015. So this was, she was making like over 300K a year. And in today's money, with all the printing we've been doing, that's probably like 330, 340. Right. <laughs> that, was, that was like serious money. But she quit. She couldn't do it more than a year because it started impacting her health. It's not she sustainable. like, I can't do this.
0: No, it's not. So I know people that work more than one job, full time job at CRA. It's possible to do, but it's a short term it's a short term thing. Yeah, you can't do it long term. She was yep. like
1: physically getting this was before COVID, but she was physically getting sick from just not sleeping and just traveling every day. She was able to get her Benz that she
0: wanted, but <laughs> at, what what she cost, at what cost. At what cost? Well, I had a friend of mine who did it for a short time i think he did it for like two years he he worked for you know all the different cro's um but what how you should do it is you should save up and buy assets and i'm not going to get on a soapbox here but if you want to do it you need to do it so he ended up buying two businesses with that money he saved up and now he's retired from clinical research you so see? if, if you sorry
1: yeah i said you see that's the way to do it it's yeah not... It's making your money work for you. And that becomes like a Dave Ramsey podcast. But yeah, like CRAs make really good money. There's no reason why you can't take some of your earnings and put them like in something safe, like real estate, where, you know, you're going to your rent will be more than your mortgage and all other expenses and just let that asset build for you over time. Like it doesn't even have to be as complicated as a business, just a rental
0: property in your area. I mean, there you go.
1: CRAs make good money.
0: There you go. So if you're going to do that, work more than one job and really, you know, affect your health and your life um, for the money, you want to make sure you actually buy something worthwhile with it and not just cars, because, you know, I had a friend who ended up who ends up buying, you know, he has all the nice cars, you know, the the S class, you know, the five series. But now he, you know, he can't afford his life unless he's working two or three of these jobs at a time. And that's just not sustainable. Um, Not to mention, you know, you're probably going to be good at one of them but the other two are going to fall by the wayside and eventually you're probably going to not be in a good situation with them and you're going to have a bad relationship with them so you can't go back and work for them you're gonna have to go find two new jobs so it just becomes like a a rat race kind of wheel that you're on um if you're trying to do it long term it's just not possible
1: yeah i i agree i think and not just cras but anybody you know can just put money into real estate and as long as you're cash flow positive like that'll pay for itself over time
0: right right um all right guys so we got a few more minutes here with dan so drop your questions down below these have been pretty good questions thank you matt for your uh comment there all right we got a new one hooman says as a contractor with cra title but more of a senior cta with a startup sponsor making 55 an hour if hired eventually will i make less or can this remain the same? Uh, I need to read that again. So, as a contractor with a CRA title, okay, but so it sounds like they're a CRA with title, but they're more of a CTA, making 55 an hour. Um, if hired, event, if hired eventually as a what, humane, will you will you make less or remain the same? And that's a that's a lot, 55 an hour for a CTA. Um, so yeah, need more clarification on your question, unless Dan, you know what he's trying to say. Uh,
1: I think they're a CRA on paper, um, but they're acting like a an assistant and they're still getting paid 55 an hour. So I think if you go somewhere else, even hired or contractor, since you're a CRA, you could probably make more than that. I mean, what does 55 an hour equate to like a year? Um, Because that, to me, like a CRA with experience, can make anywhere from eighty to one hundred twenty k a year, maybe more. Yeah. We just saw that guy said one hundred ten k, right? So that's right in the range that. That's in Florida. Yeah, Yeah. it's in Florida, and this is—I mean, who knows where?
0: But this guy says Bay Area. Oh, he says permanent in-house CRA in Bay Area. He's basically an in-house CRA. Oh, in-house CRA. I mean, so that's—that's not the same as a, a CRA. Yeah. No. No. No.
1: Um, so i think you're being paid fair
0: right now so i I think they're asking if they're hired maybe as a full cra will they make less or remain the same and it should be more actually is what i would say it should be a little bit more um 55 an hour is not bad but it definitely should be more now of
1: course five an hour yeah now i'm curious i'm gonna figure out what that is So that's that's about 105k a year, let's yeah. say. So for an in-house CRA, that's, that's pretty good. That's really good.
0: Now for the Bay Area, you know that's poverty, but, uh, <laughs> 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 but yeah, uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, but yeah, that's that's not bad. Um, yeah, so it's really up to you. I mean, I couldn't imagine if I was an actual CRA living in the bay area or la or something i would definitely have to move my permanent residence to arizona and then just continue monitoring on the west coast Uh, if you're going to be gone all the time why pay the high rent and stuff unless you have like a bunch of roommates or something but i don't know that's just me and i'm you know i'm used to living low cost of living so i'm kind of biased but um (laughs) anyway let's get to these last two comments dan then we're gonna wrap up here um so Matt says thanks ECRG and Dan been following y'all since the beginning and implemented countless of your advice and points over the years anyone anyone on here would be wise to do the same may you all have continued success thank you Matt for that comment I appreciate that and I wish you continued success as well thank you Matt yeah you as well um and then a fresh says this will be our last." Comment for the day. I'm starting as an intern CRA at IQVIA. What would you say to look out for? Maybe put emphasis on certain stuff which a newbie wouldn't know to be important for future career. Any top three essentials? Um, intern CRA. Uh, maybe that's. No,
1: IQVIA does interns.
0: Maybe they meant. Uh... I know they
1: have a training program now for like yeah. if you're a medical background, they might take you to be a like a student they have like their own academy basically
0: yeah i don't know if iqb also owns sites and that's what they might mean. because sometimes uh, they call yeah. study coordinators cras you know incorrectly and maybe that's yes. what they mean uh they do they
1: own um phase one especially phase one units they own right. around kansas kansas area um uh, covans also
0: um and i think ppd does As well, they have they have a phase one in Austin, Texas, I believe. That's a really really nice facility uh, that PPD has.
1: They all do. That's a good. That's a smart way for them to win business. Um, Yeah, is to tell the sponsor, well, we can take you from phase one to market, uh, and just stick with us for twenty years. It will (laughs) take. And it's a gazillion dollars exactly. (laughs) I would say, like, congrats to you for getting that role. I would also say I am haven't been the biggest Ikevia fan in my life. And I think a lot of others would agree. Um, I For think sure. it's a great place to get your start, but I think that to, to grow, like to maximize your career, you should be at, you should experiment with different companies until you find the right fit or like a
0: sponsor. I mean, that would be ideal. Um, yeah. I couldn't agree more. I had a, uh, you know, and, you said you haven't you don't have the big the best opinion of IQvia well they rejected me when I was trying to get a job with them so oh man I, what about of idiots um I know How can <laughs> you reject ECRG <laughs> well I walk in there for the interview and the, the main lady who was on the actual email she comes out and takes me to the room and then she leaves and just sends her goons in to interview me and that's what it's <laughs> like they're just grilling me for an hour wow. um, and I, I didn't get the job so whatever unbelievable Ooh. But anyway, I echo I echo Dan's sentiments. I of course have friends that have worked at IQvia, and it's, you know it's a good place to get your start. Um, you know, really, when you're trying to get your start, you know beggars can't be choosers. So, just get as much information as you can, learn as much as you can. Um, if if you're in the CRA program, you definitely want to you know be a CRA there and try and learn all the visits, SIV. Uh, interim monitoring visits, closeout visits, and uh, the qualification visits. Try and learn all of those before you move, before you jump, uh, because then that's just going to help you in the interview process that you can do all the visits. Um, but of course, you don't have to wait too long because there's CRAs that don't know how to do every visit just because the part of the trials that they've been put on, they've only done interim monitoring and you know, closeout visits maybe. So they haven't done initiation visits, but... You know try your best to get on studies that will allow you to do all the different types of visits and um you know network don't don't piss anybody off because it's a small industry and that person that you're working with could eventually be someone that's trying to hire you later on down the line in the future you never know where people might end up
1: yeah maybe that lady who left you is uh (laughs) gonna want you to work for her company in the future and you'll remember that
0: exactly exactly or she might be work trying to get a job with me you never know now
1: I'm gonna have to deny her if
0: that's the case be careful guys (laughs) don't burn bridges exactly um so thank you a fresh for that question and wish you continued success throughout the year Dan do you have any uh last uh, I guess things that you want to say to the people. And if not, you can go ahead and tell people where to find you. I'm sure everyone here knows who you are, but, uh, just to make sure that they know exactly where they can find you.
1: Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. So all the social networks, just dance, Fera. um, anywhere you prefer, it's fine. You can text me 949-415-6256. And yeah, basically just keep supporting ECRG. He's doing, he's the only one doing like consistent content. That's very commendable, especially when you have full-time work, even though right now you're not that busy, but you know, you, you'll make up for it. Trust me there, there's more studies coming. Oh yeah. So keep following ECRG, supporting him, uh, on the YouTubes and, uh, especially these live streams, you know, you guys, I did these like last year a lot. They're not easy to do. So, hats off to you e c r g for doing them. I think it's like I think it's needed in this space, and maybe I'll start doing a few more here and there, but anyone who's willing to do that like is awesome so thank
0: you e c r g no thank thank you, Dan, for coming on. I definitely appreciate it and you know I think these live streams are pretty fun, especially when people ask questions uh makes them go by super quick um and of course we can provide value to those people and you know get them to where they want to go in this industry so I'm going to continue doing them as long as people support. Um, and with that said, thank you, Dan. We're going to go ahead and end it here. And we'll see you guys. Um, I, maybe I'll do one next week or in two weeks. I'll definitely have one. I have that special guest uh, who was supposed to be on last week, uh, come back in two weeks. So we'll see us either next week or in two weeks. Take care, guys. Good. Take care.